It's old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How are you? I hope all is well. It's been a little while since I recorded. The last episode you heard was recorded a week before then, so it's been about two weeks since I've recorded an episode. Might be a little rusty. Why have I not recorded in so long? Well, didn't I talk about it the last time? GTA Online has once again come back into my life and become my life. It's it's like the Venom suit. It turned into its liquid form and attached itself to me. And now, we are useless. The last time we talked, I remember talking about uh, the Kristen Crook blues. So, just around the time, I was like, I better shake this. I gotta, I gotta get my life back on track. I gotta start working out again. Ain't nothing gonna stop me. I'm going to do all kinds of training, get better at my craft. I'm going to become the man I was meant to be. And then they did it. Finally, for the year or whatever that I played nonstop, I, I wished and hoped that Rockstar would do double money on VIP missions. Because I that's all I play. That's one. That's basically the the fastest and most effective way that you can play to make money in a private lobby. Because there are better ways to make money, but you have to be in a public and you're open to trolls and griefers and a bunch of low-life sons of bitches who ain't got nothing better to do than ruin your day. So I always wanted the double money on VIP so I could afford the absurdly priced items in the game. And through the duration of my time playing it the first time around, never happened. I know it happened at least one time since I've been gone, but by then I'm like, it could be triple money, I'm not coming back. I'm done with this game. But much like a junkie who's kicked it for a while, all it takes is one little taste. And you're and you're suckling at the devil's delicious bosom once again. Now it's not as bad as it was back then, like back when I first started playing this thing. I don't think I had a job at the time. I had I left my part-time job that I used to pay my way through school. And as far as I was concerned, it was only a matter of time I was going to get into radio. So I'm like, whatever, I'll just not have a gig. I'll just play I'll just play GTA all day until until I get the call to to move out west and uh, start my beautiful radio career. But it turns out the only thing that was going to be radio in my life was non-stop Pop FM and Los Santos Rock Radio. Playing in my ear 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. It was ridiculous the amount of time I put into this thing. And I don't know why the hell I didn't do the research, but off the top, me and my buddy, we would play all day. And the only source of income we had was stealing cars and selling them every 48 minutes. And whenever we stole a car, we always hoped that the NPC would put a $7,000 bounty on our head because that's $7,000. $7,000 is nothing at this point. But back in the day, you had to rob seven convenience stores to get $7,000. But what a game that is. Have you ever played it, GTA Online? 
I feel like anyone who's ever played video games has definitely played one of the major GTAs. Anything after three, well, anything from three on is what I'm talking about. Is the major ones, the 3D era, the revolutionizing, industry-changing ones. But as good as Five Online is, it could be so much better. I know this isn't really what the Kenny Ho show is about, especially at this point. It's never really been like this. I totally should have a YouTube channel that does stuff like this, but I don't think I'm built for YouTube. You have to be so consistent releasing multiple videos every week, and I'm like, ah, I have a job. I just don't think it was meant to be, because when I did try to do YouTube, remember, like, there was some major construction at my apartment building, one that lasted seemingly forever, and it was just so difficult to get any recording done Like this show, the Kenny Ho show, this is what I'm built for, this is what I'm meant for. I got a real face for radio, but a smooth, velvety voice, and a couple good jokes, right? But if I were to do one more YouTube video, I would do a Dear Rockstar, this is how you should improve your game. Actually, I've been writing them. I found out there's a feedback page or whatever, and I've been sending them feedback. I'm like, oh, I think you should do this with the game, this with the game. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly what I said they should do with the game. I feel like they should just take the elements of previous games, like you know, being able to get fit or fat in San Andreas and put this thing online. And in San Andreas and GTA 4... You had restaurants, you had different variety of food. Now all there is in GTA 5 is just candy and soda. Open up some of the restaurants, have different food items, and in just one move, you've created a more immersive world. Add in the fat thing, and you've got two moves towards a more immersive world. And I know in the single-player edition, and even in Grand Theft Auto 4, you could have a girlfriend... They should totally have that online because it makes no sense that I'm a multimillionaire who has all these really awesome cars and awesome clothes and stuff, yet no hoes. I mean, there's literal hookers, but even virtual me will not stoop to that level. Like, how hard would it be for them to hire an actress, scan her face, have her record a couple lines, and throw her in as a contact on your phone? If you throw in a bunch of these things... I would never stop playing. I mean, seemingly, I'm never going to stop playing either. But eventually, when you own everything, when you have everything you want, and not a whole lot to do with these things, you're going to stop. Much like in real life, you can't make all the money. At some point, you're like, I'm good. I'm comfortable. And in that game, it seems like the only thing to do is just keep making money. If they opened up a bunch of the storefronts, Instead of just having them there as boxes with uh, with like storefronts, but actual things you can go in and do. And if you can have yourself a virtual girlfriend, you take her out on some dates. Maybe make it like a mini game. It could be a pain in the ass to have her. You gotta keep her happy, have a meter. And every so often you gotta check in with her. And if it's not the chick, you just wanna hang out with your buddy sometimes. That's what one of me and my buddies did early on. Me and the doc, when we first got this game... When we first got apartments, we were just hanging out. Because we live really far from each other. He's, I went to his house one time. It literally took me two or three hours on the bus. So that's a, one, that's a one-off move. You do that once and that's it. So we would just hang out at each other's GTA Online apartments with our headsets on. And, like, and we did a good job of making ourselves in the game. I kind of look like me. He kind of looks like him. So it felt real. 
But after a while, that got boring. So if you could open it up, open up the world, Rockstar, and have many places to hang out, lots of activities to do, you could even charge me money. I don't even care. Like, I'm not one of these these people who buy these shark cards because they're a, a genuine ripoff. I'm not against microtransactions in a video game, especially one I've played for like two years now. You've clearly put enough work. You've clearly got a good product. I will give you money, but not from what they're asking. So eight million in-game dollars costs you one hundred real-life dollars to buy. I'm like, that's not worth it. Like if it were fifty bucks for a hundred million, now we're talking. I'd probably even buy it just to support them. But when you're selling me something that I could spend literally in five minutes on like two or three things, and it costs me the equivalent of what I make in a day, that's not good value to me. If I'm going to be frivolous like that, I would just show up to the strip club. And not like a shitty one either. At least I'd get close to 15 minutes of joy with that $100, whereas this would be 5 minutes. I'd drive the car once, blow up a couple things with the weapon I bought, do a couple missions, bada bing, bada boom, that's it. And I would not have gotten to touch a single booby and feel a little bit more human in the entire process. But speaking of lady parts and feeling more human i do have a pof update it's a good news bad news type of situation so don't please i although i appreciate it don't get too excited for old kenny good news or bad news first well this would make more sense if this were a live studio audience i'm just gonna say good news first good news For the first time ever, I wrote a pretty girl that I was legitimately interested in who seems to feel the same way because she wrote me back. That's right, we've had ourselves a small conversation we've had. I've written her four times and she's replied to me four times. And I feel like if I kept writing her, she would keep writing me. You know, she only has a couple pictures. And from those, I take it she's a pretty girl. What really caught my eye was her million-dollar smile. My goodness, that was the selling point. How good is it? Well, I don't want to be racist. I'll just say it's the equivalent of a, of an urban fella walking down a street and seeing a, 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 a female with a large behind and saying, Oh, goddamn! That's how good this smile is. It's bootylicious. Wait, that's already a thing. It's booty-ass-tastic. When I saw it, I was like, oh, god damn. I'm like, god damn, what a nice smile. So that's a good situation. A pretty girl that I'm into. Beautiful smile and is into me. What could be better? Well, the problem is she might be dumb. Of course. Here's the bad news. I was reading her profile. Actually, we matched. POF implemented a while ago this uh, Tinder-esque system where you're not swiping, but you are saying, where they are asking you, would you like to meet this person? You got no, maybe, yes, and super yes. But my only complaint with that system is there's some broads that are so gross. I'm like, where's the super no? Well, at least I do it in my head. Like, no, 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 hell no, hell no, hell no. So we were a mutual match, me and this girl. We'll call her 
Smiley, sm- we'll call her Smiley Cyrus. Just figured out the title for this episode. So Smiley Cyrus and I matched up 100%. I was taken by her looks, not by her personality. Absolutely a shallow moment. And after being super excited and the, you know, goddamn, I began to read her profile and I was way the hell less excited about this one. Like being from a poor neighborhood, an immigrant heavy neighborhood, you know, the the hood, if you will. I've met tons of people who have really bad English, very thick accents, but you learn to figure out what they mean and how they're approaching these these words. I remember one guy that I used to know, white dude, came from a small, whites-only type of town. And when he came here, he's telling me a story. And he's like, oh, this is what this guy kept saying. I don't know what he means. I'm like, how hard is it? Like, that's so elementary. Guy was a douchebag. So I definitely puffed up my chest and stuck my nose up in the air to out-douche him that day. So with that being said... I understood what this girl was saying in her profile. Now, she's got the fly-ass body of a college girl. But for the love of Christ, she's also got the literacy level of a first grader. She seems like a sweet girl. There was nothing offensive in there. Other than the grammar and the lack of punctuation and use of words and such. Outside of all that, she seems like a sweet girl. But I'm like, I can't be doing this. Don't get me wrong. I like them dumb. I'm going to need them dumb. Girl that looks this good, in order for me to be able to do stuff to her, she's going to need to be of a lesser intellect in order for me to talk my way into a one-night stand where I leave in the middle of the night through the window. Hopefully she doesn't live in a high-rise building. That might be a real, real messy end for me. Although it'd be the best ending ever. I'd be like, yes, I got me a piece of this hot girl who I had no intentions of spending the rest of my life with, even though I told her such. Even though I made a compelling case that I would, had no intentions of doing so. And then as I was leaving her in the middle of the night, I tripped on the ledge of the window and fell to my death. I just talked myself into giving this girl another chance. Because I stopped. I stopped writing her. Because as I said, we wrote each other back a couple times. But it was me like trying to start a conversation. Asking about her interests. Taking an interest in her. Or at least trying to. And her, you know, not being shitty or rude or anything. But she just answered the question directly. Like she's in school. So I'm like, oh, so what are you taking? She's like this. And, I, and there was a bunch of questions like that. All four of my questions, all four of the things I wrote were questions asking her about different things I read in her profile. And she answered them, but she, but that was it. She just answered them. There was no asking about me. There was no, there was no play. There was no, there was no flirting. There was none of that. I'm like, lady, you don't even know my name. You know my user profile name, but that's not my name. How about you start with that? It's not like the Kenny Ho show where you can like deduce my name is Kenny. Even if I never ever introduce myself once on this show. Like God forbid I have to meet your parents. What are you going to introduce me as? Loser podcaster 6969? Now thankfully for you, it will never get to that stage. I would have tripped to my death well before then. But I've run out of things to ask her to do. Other than going out on a date. But she lives really far. She lives, I think, 
I think she lives like two towns away from me. Which, listen, if, I, if I'm if i just going to visit you the one time, that's fine. I can suck it up and take like the two-hour bus ride or whatever. But if this is like a legitimate thing, I got to see this girl on a regular basis, it's never going to work. I hate public transportation. Well, I hate transportation of any sort when I have to, when it's more than like 20 minutes long. Like, listen, if you're Kristen Crook, I'll take a six-hour bus ride to you. That's no problem. Lizzie Olsen, double that up. Hillary Duff in her prime to the ends of the earth. But yeah, this girl, she's pretty, don't get me wrong. But I don't know if it's a four-hour both-ways type of situation on a regular basis type of pretty. Because honestly, ideally, I would like to date a girl who's no more than like a 15-minute bus ride from me. No transfer points, just a straight 15-minute bus ride. I have to get off, walk maybe a minute or two to her apartment or house or whatever. Why? Because GTA is pretty time-consuming. I'd much rather spend the four hours grinding a few hundred thousand dollars to buy my virtual car. Why? Because my virtual car will never cheat on me. I'll never come home after a long, hard day. Maybe I'll come home a little bit early because it was a real hard day. And I'm like, you know what? I gotta call it an early day. Go home, make love to Smiley Cyrus. Make it all go away. And I walk through the door and I walk into the room and oh my god, she's sleeping with my best friend. How could you? I thought we were in like with each other. Oh man. David, I thought you were into guys. He's like, I am. I'm just doing her to stick it to you. Oh, that's just diabolical. Oh, nice to talk to you again. I haven't seen you in five years. Uh, first time since then, this is what you do to me? It's pretty awesome, actually. If uh, It's hard for me to detach myself from this because I'm very involved. What is it? Subjective, objective. You know the one. If I weren't involved and this happened to someone else, I'm like, that guy's an evil genius. Serves the other guy, right? For doing an entire episode of podcast devoted on a gay joke about the, the, the sleaze bag. But I can't do that. This one stings a little. Man, I've been away for a real long time because the last episode I wanted to do, Chick-fil-A in Toronto was a new thing and causing all kinds of headlines. I've not heard of Chick-fil-A in the news in a really long time. In that time, I have made almost 20 million GTA dollars. It's been a long time. Yeah, there was a whole uproar. Like There were a bunch of fatty, fatty, fat fats lined up around the block to get into Chick-fil-A, making its triumphant debut into the great white north. And then, seemingly, as many people who are standing in a mob with their pitchforks, protesting this move, protesting these guys coming to Canada, protesting people eating at this establishment. Why? Because isn't Chick-fil-A, like, anti-gay or something? And not like a Kenny Hosho anti-gay, where it's, like, for shits and giggles... These guys are like legit against gays. They're not just out there finding humor in the stereotypes. They're out there finding ways of rumors to be believed, finding ways to cure, quote unquote, cure these people of their homosexuality, which seems like a lot of effort. You should do it the Kenny Ho show way instead of being like, I'm here to cure your homosexuality. Yeah, sit back, relax and be like, term flaming homosexual is so awesome i gotta find a way to put that on the show at some point but seriously 
It's like, dude, just make your damn chicken sandwiches or whatever the hell you do. Your, your fried chicken or whatever you're doing. Like, why would you go and bite the hand that feeds you? There are a lot of fat gay guys. They're called bears and cubs if they're slightly smaller. And you know what bears and cubs love to do? Eat. And who doesn't love delicious fried chicken? Like, I did not major in business. I majored in uh, useless shit in school. But I gotta believe the first thing they teach you in business school, if I was running a business school, I'd be like, first things first, do not bite the hand that feeds you. You should not have a standard for who can eat your delicious chicken sandwich. Just open up a store, fill it with delicious chicken sandwiches, and watch your money pile up. Don't be foolish. In fact, I stand with these people with their pitchforks. Yes, because I too am against establishments that are against serving gay people. They're just people. Fabulous, but they're still human underneath all that glitter and charisma. But secondly, more importantly, I stand with these people to protest a stupid business who could be way bigger and way more successful than they are. They could rival Popeyes. They could rival KFC. Do you know how much disposable income one of these flaming homosexuals have? Got it in. They got no kids. They got no wife who can take half. And even when they're old, they ain't got no grandkid they need to send money to for every single holiday and their birthday. All that money could be yours. And all you would have to do is shut your mouth and serve them your delicious chicken sandwich. Well, actually, is their chicken sandwich delicious? I've never had Chick-fil-A. As I said, they're new to Toronto, new to Canada, I think. But certainly new to Toronto. And if it is delicious, how delicious are we talking about? And just as importantly, I guess, how affordable is it? Because let's face it, loser podcaster 6969... You know, needs to needs to work on a budget. And if you're telling me that their delicious chicken sandwich comes at a reasonable price, it may be difficult for me to stand up against them. Yeah, I'm all about the power to the people, but I'm slightly more inclined to juicy, tender chicken breast in my mouth. <sighs> what else happened? All right. Wasn't there an SNL guy who, like, destroyed his own career by coming out and as somebody either he came out as and said some super racist stuff or like somebody found out that he said some super racist stuff in the past either way here's another fool well for two reasons first of all actually being like super racist i don't get me wrong we're all a little bit racist i've been on pof for a few times now and i've seen enough girls out in the real world with guys who at least physically are not superior than me. I am definitely more handsome and, believe it or not, have a much lower body fat percentage than some of these fat asses. Like, I know the only difference between me and them is the color of our skin. I know we're all a little bit racist. I know racism is still alive and well out there. Like Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. And let's not get started about the other guy down south. But I'll get to Trudeau in a second. I'm sticking with this uh, this SNL guy, who I don't even know his name, because let's face it, SNL. Who the hell still watches SNL? Farley, Sandler, McDonald, those guys were SNL. Now you just have, like, 
an inferior mad TV type of thing happening. But as a guy, it's like, yes, we're all a little bit racist. Some people, very racist. But if you're going to make jokes, you really have to find it within yourself to know, to draw those lines between, you know, being, to having the right amount of racism where you're funny, to... I'm going to actually be racist and say, and say racist things and hope they come off as funny or hide them in the guise of a joke. And for me, the line really is when you start throwing around racial slurs. Because that comes from a place of hate. That comes from a place of... Because that's a derogatory thing. You're coming, you're coming from a place of prejudice and disrespect. Because let's face it, we all love a good stereotype joke. Stereotypes can make for one hell of a show. But when you start throwing in racial slurs, that's when I'm like, oh, I'm like, whoa, buddy. So you weren't just kidding around? You weren't messing around? Like, this is for real? I'm just gonna not be a part of this. The only form of racism that is cool and sensible is human racism. Because let's face it, people suck. I don't give a shit if you're white, black, Asian, Latino, native, and every other race on this planet... You're going to have good ones, and you're going to have real shitty ones. A good rule of thumb is to DTA, don't trust anybody. Keep everyone who's not related to you, and I don't even mean cousins and stuff. I mean, like, directly live with you type of family. I'd keep everyone else at an arm's length. Cover all your bases, cover your ass. Make sure they ain't got nothing on you. That is the only sensible way to live your life. Like, standing around being like, whites are superior, white is right, and everyone else is shit. Yeah, okay, bud. Yeah, that's not a way to go about your life, because, let's face it, some of the most crooked people on this planet are white. Some of the most twisted, diabolical people on this planet are white. Sure, Asian people eat dogs and cats and shit, which isn't cool, but at least they're eating the dogs and cats. Some white people will skin a cat... And do totally messed up shit to dogs just because they're bored. Two rules in life, DTA, and if you're on a successful show and paying you millions of dollars, shut your stupid mouth. Say no racist things, know the line. Enjoy your fame, enjoy your success, enjoy your money and the women that come with it. Don't be a racist, unless it's a human racist. And oh yeah, I guess I brought up Trudeau. I don't really want to spend too much time on this guy. I'll have to say, I guess kind of on the last point I was saying, like people were, were like, we can't trust this man. He's a racist. How could he do something like this? Okay, don't get me wrong. It's stupid. Why did he paint his face brown? He must have... Like, first of all, you're trying to be Arabian, not chocolate. Now, pardon my ignorance, but I'm pretty sure, you know, the tone, the skin tone that they have in Aladdin the cartoon... I think that's pretty close and a fair representation of the actual skin color of people from that region. Like when I think of an Arab, I think of a guy like Nazim Kadri. He's definitely not that dark. He's like a couple shades from being white. Like what are you doing here? You're like, you're like blending in with the background. This guy's a fool. I'm sure he knew about this party like well in advance. I'm pretty sure he didn't just have like an Aladdin costume laying around in his house. We're in a last minute notice, like, the night before. Oh, yeah, by the way, we have this Arabian theme thing tomorrow. You should come. I'm pretty sure he knew well in advance, had time to go buy this Aladdin costume. So he definitely had enough time 
to go to a tanning salon and tan himself a little bit darker to resemble Nazim Kadri, and not like he just got roasted in an oven for four hours. And by doing that, you would have ensured that nobody was going to be able to find photos of you and torpedo your push to be prime minister for another term. But so crazy. People getting up in arms about this. They're like, oh, you know, he can't be trusted. That's so messed up. It's like, buddy, what are you talking about? He's a politician. How did you not see this coming or something of this ilk? But are you surprised that a politician is secretly not cool? Like, as far as I'm concerned, 99.999% of all politicians aren't cool. They've all got skeletons in their closet. Like, if you look at the guy who brought this uh, photo uh, to the attention of the media, the, the PC leader, that guy is straight up evil. Just look at him. Look at his eyes. He looks like, like his face is saying one thing, his eyes are saying another, and it's not nice things his eyes are saying. You know, the shit Trump says out loud, this guy's saying on the inside. They just need to dig a little. I'm sure they'll find something on this guy. You dig hard enough on any politician, you're going to find something on them. Why is everyone getting up in arms? Relax. Take a seat. Giggle to the phrase flaming homosexual over and over again. And before I end this episode, I want to leave on a very positive note. Why? Not because I'm a positive person. Sure, there's a girl out there who's not completely disgusted by me. Granted, she's illiterate, so it kind of deflates everything. But no, that's not what I live for, some random girl. Once upon a time, I lived for Smallville, and it seems like for at least one more episode, or at least part of an episode, Smallville gets to live on. That's right. During the final season of Arrow, they're going to have the biggest crossover event ever, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I believe that's what they're going with. I know that's a, that's a very uh, famous, iconic comic book event. I should have done a little research on this. But I believe it is the, the same name, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And during this crisis, during this crossover, on top of their Superman, the Arrowverse Superman, I think his name's like Tyler Hotchin or something. So he's going to come back, make an appearance. But to me, he doesn't really matter. It's the other Superman that's showing up that matters. And I'm not just talking about Superman Returns, Brandon Routh, who's coming back as Superman, not Ray Palmer. That's going to be awesome. Because I, you know, I liked him as Superman. The movie had its flaws, but I liked him as Superman. I think he's a great casting choice. But the greatest... No, okay, I can't say that. Christopher Reeves is the greatest Superman ever. And... You know, shy as some necromancy, he isn't coming back for more. But the second greatest Superman, the greatest Clark Kent ever, the star of the greatest comic book show ever, Tom Welling, Superman, is making a triumphant comeback. Years and years, almost 10 years after Smallville ended. He, along with Lois Lane of that show, Erica Durant, are coming back and participating in this, and I can't wait. I have not watched Arrow or any Arrowverse shows in at least three years, but I sure as hell are tuning in for this. I won't know what the hell's going on. Won't know half the characters and actors, probably. But I'll remember the one guy who was influential to who I was trying to be during my teenage years, and that is Smallville's Clark Kent. 
Now, of course, it's been a few years since like I was, you know, obsessed with Clark Kent, obsessed with Smallville to the point where this year I could have taken a picture with him. It would have cost me like $150. Could have gotten an autograph, all that stuff. I wasn't even going to go to the panel that they had because it's been 10 years. I still love the show, but do I really want to hear the actors talk about it in a big panel? You know, if I was ever successful enough, Kenny Hosho was ever big enough that I could sit down with him one-on-one and have a conversation, that would be cool. But meeting the actor, you know, hearing the actors talk, it's not a particular interest of mine. But seeing Clark back on TV, seeing what he's been up to in that world, in the Smallville world, that excites me big time. And I can't wait. Honestly, I'm way more excited about seeing Clark on TV again than I am about, oh, a girl's interested in me. One with a fantastic smile, but broken communication skills. (sighs) All right, that's... Oh, man. Is it 219? I think it's like 219 of the Kenny Ho Show. I hope you had yourself a good time. Hey, it's really energized me. I've been feeling real down and real shit just physically lately. I think it is the weather change. But doing this, I'm right back up. I'm feeling good. And we're going to, I'm going to try to release this over the next few days. So I don't know exactly when I'm going to release this, but I hope you have a great time when you listen to it. So until next time, you take care of yourself. You've been listening to The Kenny Ho Show. And now it's nap time. Toodles!